Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Dear Future Hubby podcast. I am your host, Therese Cerise, and normally I would read from my book of poetry entitled A Strong Will Mind, Healing Scars Over Time Through My Poetry. However, today I just wanted to talk to y'all. Um, I will not be reading a letter to my future hubby. I know that some of you really enjoy when I'm writing the letters to my future hubby, and that will continue. However, I am currently on a mini vacation in Las Vegas, and so I didn't bring my journal. Therefore, I am not going to be reading a letter to my future hubby. However, um, I wanted to speak to a couple of things today, one of them being um, being open to meeting new people. So y'all hopefully have heard my interview with what I now have. Uh, I've adopted her as my little sis. <laughs> and her name is Brianna Matrice. I hope that you all were touched by that um, episode as well as by her words of wisdom and encouragement. Um, and just us speaking our truth and love. Like, I really do hope that it touched someone, encouraged someone, um, made you look at loving yourself um, in a different perspective, even if you would never considered loving yourself. I didn't realize that there's a lot of people that just go through everyday life, not even really pondering self-love, not thinking about self-love, not even knowing where to begin. Um, I remember that when I used to go to school, and I was trying to go get my paralegal degree, I remember that there was a professor that pulled me to the side because she could see that with my personality, a lot that I would do would sow into other people. I was constantly sowing into other people, constantly you know, pouring into their lives. And she pulled me aside one day and she's like, Teresa, she's like, I know we're about to have a weekend coming up. And you know, as much as I've observed you and I see how you are in class, you're constantly pouring into other people. You're constantly helping everybody out. She's like, but who's helping you? And another question, what are you going to do for you? And it brought me to tears. Um, it brought me to tears because I had never really thought about what that looked like for me to make myself a priority, for me to put myself first, um, for me to even consider my own feelings. I was always um, driven by pleasing other people. So that was a sickness for me um, in terms of being a people pleaser. I was constantly wanting to please people, constantly wanted to make sure that I could put a smile on their face or brighten their day. And so even though I know that I have an attitude of servitude, um, I had never been asked, what does it look like for Teresa to take care of Teresa? And so now with me barking up on the eventually becoming an empty nester. It's not far fetched. It's not too far from now. My youngest is 15 years old. And so um, even if she does stay with me for six years until she's the age of 21, I'm still not far from being an empty nester. And so um, in thinking of that, I've had to kind of revisit what does taking care of myself look like? And for the longest time, it looked like guilt. I was I felt guilty whenever I thought about doing for myself. I felt like I was being selfish when I thought about taking care of myself and doing for myself. And it wasn't until 
recently that I started to understand is kind of like when you're on the plane and they talk about the oxygen and they tell you before you help the next person, please make sure that you take care of yourself. Make sure that you actually use that oxygen on you, that you're good, and then you help your fellow neighbor. And I thought about me. So I have made a conscious decision and I'm talking about it the last few minutes, not last few days, last few minutes, that from here on out, my making myself a priority is no longer going to be a non-factor. It's no longer gonna be excluded from the equation. Um, that taking care of myself mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually is of the utmost importance. Um, because although I tell you to take care of yourself because there is only one you, I have found myself not following those instructions. And what I mean by that is putting myself in situations where I may know that an individual, they may say that they care about me, but their track record shows that they're iffy. And then I'm putting myself in a situation where it's like, okay, although your track record may be a little iffy, I'm gonna give you the benefit of the doubt. That's not really me taking care of myself. That's me making a bet or putting a bet on someone else. Like, are you gonna treat me right this time when I'm around you or are you gonna treat me wrong? Like, what are we going for? And so um, I don't wanna do that anymore. I literally want to be mindful of my peace and I want to keep my peace. And I don't want to compromise my peace of mind in any way, form, or fashion for the sake of people pleasing or anything else going forward. Um, so I have literally, like my coach said, she called it creating boundaries. Well, that's one of the things that I think that I've never done for myself. I've never created a boundary in terms of self-love. I've never done that. I have never created a boundary in terms of self-love. And so now... Going forward, while I'm on this trip in Vegas, I have decided new boundaries are going to be created. I don't have a journal, but I'm about to go look for one just for that reason, because I need to see what that's going to look like going forward um, so that I can literally protect my heart, my mind, my body, my soul, and my spirit. Um, and then that way, I believe that that will be the grounds, the, the grounds of being able to see beautiful relationships flourish um, without going into too much detail. Eventually, I'll talk to you all about it. But um, I had an experience while I was on this trip that helped me to kind of see certain people in a different light. Um, and I came on this trip by myself. And maybe the reason why I came on this trip by myself is because it was time for me to to turn back a page or to, to start a new chapter, something that I didn't even realize was necessary, but apparently it is necessary. Um, but I remember, I've always heard this, you know, when people show you who they are, believe them. Now, I just, I don't know, for some reason, I believe part of the reason why it's hard for me to believe when people show me who they are is because I genuinely genuinely have a heart for the people. And so even when someone is showing me who they are, I still try to view them of who they could be. And 
maybe they're having a bad day or maybe, you know, they're going through a situation that they don't really want to talk about. So I try, I just really try to give people the benefit of the doubt. Um, but then when you kind of look back over the course of your friendships and you start to realize like, hmm, no, this person really is, this is who this person is. It ain't no, because you're in a bad mood or it's not, no, this is truly who you are. And so I'm going to start believing people when they show me who they are, whether it's good, bad, ugly, or indifferent. I'm no longer going to pretend like I don't see what I see. Not saying that I consciously pretend, but there are times that I truly believe that I've turned the other cheek for the sake of a friendship. Um, and I'm, I'm at a point that I don't think I have any more cheeks to turn when it comes to certain friendships. And so, um, yeah, I think I'm in a season now of not just creating boundaries, but I also believe that I'm in a season of cleaning house. And maybe I'm the only person going through that. If you're, if you are someone also who is cleaning house, you know, like, okay, I'm gonna give you an example, you know, like on Facebook. So you'll be on Facebook, right? And you'll, let's say you have 2000 friends. Then you start to realize like, as God elevates you, you're like, wait a minute, this person never interacts with me. I hardly ever interact with them. I may like a couple of pictures or whatever, but at the end of the day, like I couldn't tell you what their child's name is. I couldn't tell you what their favorite food is. I couldn't tell you um, what their favorite color is. That's not really a friend. They might be an acquaintance or an associate, but they're not a real friend. Why are you listed as a friend on my Facebook page? Or why are you listed as a friend on my IG page? Is it because I'm trying to get to know you to hopefully formulate a friendship? Because if that's the case, then I'll keep you on as a friend because I'm hoping that eventually you'll be just that. Or is it because I'm trying to glean from you because I see that maybe you're in the profession that I one day want to be in. And so I kind of want to see how you move in that profession. Um, see how it is that you handle certain situations because I need someone as an example, like a, a virtual mentor, so to speak, if I'm trying to go into that avenue of my career. Or is it that you are a friend of a friend and I really don't know you, but we know a mutual friend. So I have you as my friend for that, but I still don't know anything about you. And if I were to see you out in public somewhere, I wouldn't recognize you to save my entire life. And so what are my reasons for saying yes to your friendship on this book. However, in real life, I don't know you and you don't know me and we don't know each other, nor do we plan to ever know each other in real life. I'm just starting to reevaluate a lot of things um, because there are some times where we will put the title on someone that never deserved to have that title. There are times that you may call someone an acquaintance and they were only ever meant to be an associate. There are times that you will call an associate a friend when they were only meant to be an associate. There are times when you will call a friend a friend when they were only meant to be an acquaintance. And so as I am journeying through my life, trying to figure it out, trying to make sure that things align as best as I can. I know that I'm not God and I know he doesn't need my help, but while I'm down here, I don't want to be idle. Um, and so I'm trying to do my work. Um, if for nothing other than to be the best version of myself 
and to let him know that I'm taking the journey of transforming into a better version of myself very seriously. And so in doing that, I'm literally starting to count up the cost in different areas of my life. And I'm going to be quite frank with you. Those areas are not all pretty. There are people that have hurt me that I have forgiven time and time and time again, that I've covered up the wound, that I've licked the wound, and I've still tried to pursue that friendship. Um, and for what? For what? To keep getting hurt, to keep getting kicked down, to keep, you know, sometimes you just have to literally know when to draw the line in the sand. Sometimes you have to really be willing to say enough is enough. Sometimes you have to be willing to create a boundary where there once was not a boundary created for the sake of guarding your heart, for the sake of keeping your peace, for the sake of literally preserving your life. There's some people that don't deserve all of your energy in the most positive way because some people don't know how to receive it. Some people don't want it. And you know, that's a hard truth. <laughs> That's a hard truth that some people really don't want your love. They don't want it. They don't care how you package it. They don't care how you, they just don't want it. They want to be loved. They just don't want to be loved by you. That Sometimes that's the hardest truth for some of us to get. I remember there was a guy that I was dating and I had fallen head over heels for him. Oh my God. I was just so in love with him. And I remember like after our relationship kind of just faded. I remember telling him that I meant to love you, but you just didn't want my love. And to hear that come out of my mouth for me to actually put it to words, it hurt to say it, but it was the truth. And once I literally faced the truth, that's when my healing began. So a lot of times we can't heal because we're, we're not willing to face the truth because the truth hurts because the truth is it's too much. It is too raw. It's too much for us to deal with. And so instead of us just owning it, we avoid it. And then that's how those wounds get deeper. That's when people are able to pour salt in those wounds. That's when the wound keeps reopening and keeps bleeding is because you never dealt with it. You just kept covering it up. And so as I am on this vacation, as I am taking time out for myself, I am looking at situations that I have been in, relationships that I've been in that have truly been, if I am completely honest with myself, for the most part, one-sided. And because they've been one-sided, It's not a relationship. It's not a friendship. And that reality, facing that reality can be sometimes the most hurtful thing that a person ever has to go through is facing the fact that, hmm, so you really don't care? So 
you really don't want this friendship. So I really don't matter to you. Huh. Okay. And then you have to process that. So when you're processing that, learn how not to, if you can, because I know it's hard, to play the blame game. Learn how to forgive yourself. Learn how to pick up the pieces and heal. But a part of that healing is owning your portion. So when you own your portion, what did I do in this friendship? What didn't I do in this friendship? Where did the communication falter? Why wasn't there any communication? When did this person stop caring about my well-being? When or if did I ever stop caring for their well-being? When was the relationship severed? And why is it that I kept pursuing the friendship that was never truly there? Just you literally have to sit with yourself sometimes, not all the times, because sometimes it's just cut and dry. They don't want to be bothered with you. You don't want to be bothered with them. It is what it is. End of the story. The end. But there are other times where it's like, no, let me do some soul searching so that I don't repeat that same mistake again. Let me see how it is that I define friendships. Let me see if this friendship aligns with my definition. Let me see if I need to change my definition. Or let me see if I have placed this person in the wrong category where I should have had this person listed as an acquaintance instead of a friend. Let me go on and move them over here as the acquaintance so that way I'm not putting them on a friendship level to be easily disappointed when they do not come through as a friend. And that is some of the hardest work that any of us will ever have to do. But I believe that it is necessary when you are trying to grow and become the better version of yourself. There are certain people, I'm gonna give you another example. There are people in my life, at one point in time in my life, I'm not, I don't do that as often as I used to, but and I, my mom could attest to this because I'm sure in some way, form or fashion, it probably really got up under her skin. <laughs> she just, you know, grinned and bared it for the sake of her daughter. But I have one mother. And although I have one mother, there have been many a times in my life that I would call someone of a mother, somewhat of a mother figure mom. And so by my calling this person mother, I instinctively had an expectation of that person because they were like a mother figure to me. So I, it, I held it to a certain regard, a certain respect. I held them to a certain regard, a certain respect. And because of that, I expected them to move differently when they talked to me, when I dealt with them, you know, all the way around. And then over time, there's two in particular that I called mom that both betrayed me. Both of them, not one, both of them. What did they ever do to earn those titles? Maybe once in a while they gave me some advice or maybe once in a while they offered me a suggestion or was it just the fact that they were moms already and they were older than me? I don't remember, but there was something that was said or done that caused me to call them mom. And by giving them that type of, for the lack of a better word, power, it made them believe that they could talk to me and treat me any kind of way. And they did. And so then once I was betrayed and once I was let down, I was like, wow, 
So now all of a sudden, my my perception of a mother's love is distorted because of those experiences. But I brought that on myself, right? Because I'm the one that called them mom. They didn't earn the right to be called mom. But now I've brought that on myself in some kind of way because I gave them a title with, without even ever defining the boundary, without even ever knowing why I fully did it. I just did it. And then when they disappointed me, being who they were, no, nothing less, just being who they were, then all of a sudden I'm hurt, disappointed, can't believe this has happened. But I'm the one that created that monster. So I feel like it's the same when it comes to friendships and I feel like it's the same in some regard when it comes to relationships. Part of doing the work is not only creating boundaries, but being able to truly look at why do I call you what I call you? Why do I call you a friend? Why do I call you an acquaintance? Why do I call you an associate? Why do I call you an enemy? What are my reasons for doing this? Why do I call you a sister? Why do I call you a brother? And are you truly living up to the titles that I've given you? Are you truly living up as, as being my sister? Are you truly living up to being my brother? Are you truly living up to being my friend? Because if you're not, then I need to change that narrative. Point blank, period. And if I'm not, then you need to change the narrative. Point blank, period. So this has been one of the things that I've discovered while on this trip um, is that it's time to do things a little differently. That I, this new chapter of my life, I don't know. I don't know what is going to happen in this new chapter of my life. But I know that in this new chapter of my life that I want genuine, heartfelt, loving friendships surrounding me. I know that I want right relationships. I know that I want people that I care about their well-being and they genuinely, wholeheartedly also care about mine. That much I do know. That much I do desire. That much I'm asking for. Because after going through some of the mess that I've been through, I am starting to understand that although this life is short, because it is very short, honey, but although this life is short, I don't have to suffer my entire life. That does not have to be my report. I do not have to co-sign for verbal, physical, emotional, mental anguish or abuse in any way, form or fashion, whether it be passive aggressively, whether it be aggressively, whether it be at all. You don't have to co-sign for it. But it has taken me sitting down with self to look at some of my encounters. And the more that I view these encounters, the more that I start to realize like, wait a minute. So have you just recently not been for me or have you not been for me the whole time? And I was just ignoring the signs. And if I was ignoring the signs, 
Why am I ignoring the signs? Because sometimes we ignore the signs because it's too much for us to handle. Sometimes we just, oh, no, he didn't mean that. Oh, no, she didn't mean that. Surely there's a reason for this, this, and that. We start to make excuses. No more excuses. When people show you who they are, believe them. Don't make excuses for them. Don't try to, don't try to justify their wrong actions. That's the best way for me to put it. Do not justify a person's wrong actions when they're showing you this is who I am. You don't even necessarily have to know the why that that's why they are the way that they are. You don't necessarily, maybe you're not entitled to that part of their truth. But when they're showing you who they are, believe what they show you. Act accordingly. Because that could save you a whole lot of heartache, pain, disappointment, rejection, abandonment, all the stuff that comes with ignoring the signs. You literally could be, all of that could be stopped if you just pay attention to the signs, honey. Pay attention to the signs. I hope this blessed someone. There's so much more I want to talk about. I'm not going to talk about it on this episode. But yes, I am in Vegas. I am doing the work. I am learning about people while I'm doing the work. Yes, I am still abstinent. This don't have nothing to do with <laughs> nothing romantically. But it's like I literally, I literally wanted to like speak to that because I feel like it's a lot of us that just... I know I'm not the only one. I'll put it like that. I know I'm not the only one that will see signs and ignore the signs for the sake of maybe preserving the relationship, the friendship, and then finding out later that I should not have ignored the signs. I should have heeded the signs because even the Bible says the warning comes before destruction. So there's always a warning sign. People will truly, if you really pay attention, listen to certain conversations. So like, I'm going to give you an example. I was about to end the episode, but I'm going to give you an example because I, I love giving examples. Let's just say that you're planning a party and you are co-planning with someone. And maybe it was that person's idea, but then they asked you to come along, right? So you come along and you start helping co, you know, co-plan the party. Now, if all of a sudden... When they're, you're helping them co-plan the party, you're, you know, I've made the arrangements, I got the balloons, I got the decorations, honey, I got it. And she's like, oh, I got the caterer, I got, you know, and you're like, okay, good. And then you decide on a date. So let's say you pick, okay, we're going to do this on May the 15th. Yes, we are. We're going to do this. We're going to do this at seven o'clock. And then all of a sudden, you know, you didn't gave her all the contact information. You didn't, you know, you made sure that you went, you know, she gave you, um, she gave you the date. She gave you the time. The only thing she didn't do was give you the key. That's the only thing she didn't do. She didn't give you the key to drop off the balloons. So she was like, why don't you just go ahead and bring the balloons over to my place and go ahead and bring me, you know, all the stuff that you got, just bring, bring it over here. And then I'm gonna go ahead and let set it all up. And so you're like, okay, because, you know, y'all done co-plan this thing. So you you know you could trust her, right? So next thing you know, you getting ready. You're like, oh, girl, it's going to be tight. You know, everybody going to know we did this together. Maybe we're going to be able to do other things together in the future. Oh, I can't wait. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be popping. You show up at the venue and the party ain't there. 
She didn't change the time of the venue. She didn't change the location of the venue. She didn't tell you nothing. So now all of a sudden the party is being had, still being had, but you weren't invited. Now you led all the way up into the whole event together. So you thought, see, she knew her intention. You thought you could trust her because y'all were friends. And now all of a sudden you're disappointed because you don't went and planned this whole party thinking you're going to be a part of the festivity 